0: Unexplained
1: phenomena Unknown entities
0: Unidentified flying objects Mythical creatures This is the
2: Paranormal Pulse
1: information based in part on theory and conjecture. The producer's purpose is to suggest some possible explanations, but not necessarily the only ones, to the mysteries we will examine.
3: Welcome to the Paranormal Pulse podcast. This is episode 25. I am Chris Bruno. Your other host is Lance Phillip. And this week, we are recovering from our hangovers... Well, actually, that was last week. But uh, this week, we are not going to be drunk through the show, even though that was a lot of fun for us. And I hope it was fun for you guys, too. Uh, We're not going to be drunk this show. We're going to talk about paranormal stuff, I promise. We're going to talk to uh, Linda Massanim-Tui about her new book, True Ghost Experiences and the Other Unexplained. Uh, We are going to talk about Guar. And we're going to talk about uh, a few other items that Lance has brought to the show. And uh, I have some some questions regarding a movie that I am just looking at. Uh, I want to hear what Lance has to say about it and maybe what you have to say. So that's all coming up on episode 25 of the Paranormal Pulse podcast. Uh, So, all right, I've talked enough. Lance, say hello.
0: Howdy, folks. How are how is everybody? Hopefully recovered from a great St. Paddy's Day. I know we are.
3: (laughs) Yeah. I don't know how long that took for you. It wasn't too bad for me.
0: No, it was okay. I mean, I had a little bit of a headache the next morning, um, you know. But, you know, it's funny because right after the show, I had to kind of snap out of it because I had to get everything that we recorded uploaded into the computer. And it's not an easy thing to do when you can't see straight. So (laughs) kind of sobered up right away. You know, I actually, I I, I talked to you about this yesterday, but immediately Mm -hmm. after the show, I decided... It's time to make breakfast, you know? Yeah. So here I am, here I am drunk at like three in the morning where the hell time it was. And I'm making, you know, um, I'm making Taylor ham for people who don't know People
3: aren't in New Jersey. Taylor ham is this great product that you people just don't know about the rest of country. It's so bad for you, and it's a godsend to your taste buds. So I'm making Taylor ham is awesome. Exactly, or, uh,
0: A.K.A. pork roll. Right. Yeah, it's Taylor ham. You know, but um, no,
3: I'm not arguing that. But anybody in the rest of the world has no idea either one.
0: Right. I know. I know. <laughs> but um, you know, it's funny thing. So I'm having Taylor ham. I'm making eggs and cheese on on a hard roll because that's the way you do it. And. Yeah. I made them to perfection, probably better than I do when I'm sober. So it was great. I had those. I sobered up, jumped on the computer, and uploaded everything and sent it your way so you can do all the editing.
2: Yeah, adding in all
0: that those a... adding in all those fun little dings when I said the a word. I'm not saying that word A-word. tonight. I'm not saying that word tonight. <laughs> no, nope, I'm making it. He's effort.
3: referring to absolutely not. You the said A-word. it. I didn't. Well, it's okay. We're not drinking this week. <laughs> <laughs>
0: But yeah, I have some things for the show tonight. Um, Mm -hmm. Like you said, I interviewed uh, Linda, um, you know, about her new book, which is fantastic. Um, You know, I'm looking forward to uh, actually getting the book in my hands. But she was fun to interview. And I've got some, you know, some um, celebrities who have been talking about ghosts over the last couple of days that have popped up in the news. So um, Mm -hmm. that should be interesting. I'm going to talk about that later. Okay. You know, and like you said, we're going to talk about Guar. For people who don't know, Guar is a heavy metal band. It's been around around for like thirty. Well, it's actually thirty years. And unfortunately, the lead singer and founder of the band, Dave Brockie, who is better known as Odorous Urungus, in the band, passed away. And
3: I'd love to have you talk about Guar.
0: Well, Guar is one of my favorite bands from when from the eighties when I was in my twenties, and and you know, um, I discovered them through a friend of mine, Eric O'Brien, who some i don 't know where he got the album from, but think about Guwaras they are horror rock, and this is how they kind of related to the paranormal they They have some huge stage theatrics um to oh, a, yeah to a twenty foot uh stage uh dinosaur called Gorgor, who they would fight on stage you know they they bordered the realm of horror, and each one of them had their own personas you know odor was this this evil-looking, kind of demonic um, singer in armor. The backstory of the band is that they, they were basically banished here from outer space, from their planet, to live in Antarctica and, live, and to suffer amongst the human people. So they always had a great backstory and and and,
3: <laughs> and their their costuming and makeup is just amazingly like over the top
0: oh absolutely, you know you know like like three foot spikes on on odorus' uh shoulder pads and you know way over the top, and lots of blood and guts when you went to see a guar show which i 've seen many of them you came ho- you, you knew not to stay in the front unless you wanted to be covered in fake blood that would spew out all over the uh all over the uh-huh. audience amongst amongst other bodily fluids. You know, oh. the one thing about Guar is that they were intentionally offensive, you know, and, and they had this huge stage show. And the thing about it is, you know, people will always remember them for that and they'll think of them as a gimmicky band. But to stay around 30 years, you can't do it without good music behind you. And the thing is, they played they played more of an underground style of heavy metal. And then they, they ventured into a lot of punk and hardcore. So they were never going to be mainstream, especially with with how offensive their stage show could be. You know, right. They they were nominated for two Grammys. Um one for best long form video for the movie Thallus in Wonderland. <laughs> so just to give you the press, you know. They
3: actually got a Grammy?
0: Well, they didn't get a Grammy. They were nominated for it oh, for that. Oh. And the funniest thing is that they were I believe if I'm not mistaken they were at the Grammy ceremonies in their wow. full regalia, you know. Um, yeah. the thing about it with Thallus in Wonderland, you know, like I said, they're a band who is intentionally offensive. And yeah. at the time that movie came out, um, it was about the same time as the uh, PMRC was going after all the heavy metal bands. Mm-hmm. So they had a fake PMRC type of group in there who kidnapped Odorous Urungus, who was played by Dave Brocky, Odorous <laughs> Urungus's penis, which was known as the Cuttlefish of Cthulhu. <laughs> and the whole movie was about getting his penis back. Wow. And when I say overly offensive, the movie starts with this kid on a skateboard and he's driving. And Guar's manager, who is known as Sleazy P. Martini, who had this big fake pompadour, he this kid's skateboarding. Kid he, Sleazy P. opens the door of the limo, knocks the kid down, picks up the kid and says, hey, kid, why don't you smoke some crack? Guar smokes it every day. And that's oh, how the movie starts. And it just goes off the rails <laughs> from there. I mean, the movie's hysterical, <laughs> you know. And it's all surrounded, like, with live footage, and, you know, I mean, it's lots of fake combat and stuff like that, you know, over-the-top fake combat, worse than anything you've ever seen in wrestling on its worst day. So it's it's not for everybody. No, it's never (laughs) going to be for everybody, but it is entertaining as hell, and their music was, you know, went the full spectrum of heavy music, you know. The first album, um, which was called Hell-O, appropriate, had, you know, all songs that, that... you know, um, made a lot of political statements as well as just songs that were just nonsensical. But yeah. there was a lot of a lot of politics uh, wrapped up in their music, and you know, again, people don't necessarily take the time to break down their lyrics. But they some of them were really brilliant, and again, some of them were over the top stupid. I mean, they have a song. I mean, like I said, they were intentionally offensive. There's and the thing is, people have to realize when you hear the offensive lyrics that they they gave out they were doing it on purpose because they were trying to be over the top you know what i mean so right. there was i don't think there was any belief in it but they had songs with you know they had like their one of the first hits they had was called sick of you which was a pretty pretty um tame song and then they had their their big power ballad which was actually a decent hit for them called the road behind Um, where he basically sings about picking up this girl off the side of the road and, and, you know, um, and resurrecting her, so to speak, not from the dead, but you know, oh, isn't that nice of him? Yeah, yeah, you know, and uh, but then they had songs like Black and Huge, just think about what that's supposed to mean, you know, (laughs) um, then they had songs, uh, like Have You Seen Me, which you know, really over the top type of thing because he's singing about, um, going down to a schoolyard and kidnapping kids, you know, and how, you know, it, it's just, the it, thing is, it was all wrapped up into what they were going to do on stage with the stage show, you know? Um, and then as time went on, they had songs like, and I'm going to say it, called Fucking an Animal, where he talks about how <laughs> much fun it is to fuck an animal, you know? Uh. And yeah.
3: Yeah. Well, I mean, it is what it is. Like, right. Like I said, is, it's that is not for everybody. No,
0: exactly. And it's definitely not safe for work. But I mean, the thing no. about them is, like, every celebrity and his brother came out this week to celebrate their catalog because they were around for so many years. They influenced so many people. And the funny thing is, you know, like I'm in my 40s now, and I talk to kids at work who are in their 20s. They all yeah. know Guar. They all respect Guar. It's like it's it's so they're a cross section of like different ages. You know, and the sad part is Dave Brock, he was only 50 years old, even though the band's been around. I mean, he founded the band, so he was literally like 20 years old when he started the band and started a whole industry called Slave Pit Enterprises around the band, where they they ventured out into comic books. They ventured out into um, uh, role-playing games and and miniature-based games, sort of like what a Warhammer would be, but but using Guar characters and the lore behind Guar. Because it's a right. whole thing, over the years, there was a whole lore and a backstory that was built up around the band, you know, coming from Antarctica. And, you know, and they they had people in their band like, you know, um, you know, the bassist of the band was Balzac the Mighty. Um, <laughs> s- then you had the female character who was s- Slemenstra Hyman. Um, nice. Yeah, exactly. Odorous Hurungus. And, you know, um, you know, it, it, they had characters. There was Techno Destructo. And then of course the the manager like I said Sleazy P Martini they had all these over the top characters and then of course their enemy I'm sorry I said Techno Destructo he was actually their their enemy and on their side they also had this Executioner and you know Techno Destructo you would think about how Guar must die and you know and it was very comic bookish even on stage like the battles they would fight and and Guar is always so, uh, surrounded by their minions who they you know they were the slaves and they were like some
3: of them kind of look like characters from uh, from uh, Lord of the Rings,
0: kind of yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, <laughs> um, and you know the thing about it was like I said, Dave Brocky he, he also had some other bands. He had the Dave Brocky Experience, where they didn't perform, where it was him and playing a different style of music, where he didn't perform in the makeup and whatnot. And then there was also another band called X Cops, which was a very um, heavy scientific uh, sci-fi kind of based band, you know. Um, so they all ventured out and, you know, like Cylentra Hyman would come out. When I say over the stage, over the top uh, stage show, Cylentra would come out wearing nothing but a little armor on, on her bottom, some fur boots and, and she was in <laughs> face paint and, you know, she was topless a lot of the time depending on where they played. And she'd be doing this whole fire eating thing and, you know, spinning fire. And so they really had this over the, over the top presence. But the thing about it is like I said, so many people were coming out like, uh, Andrew W.K. this week came out and he's doing like a tribute to them on The Daily Show with Jon Stewart. Gibby Haynes from the Butthole Surfers had come out with Guar written on his arm. Great. Doyle from the Misfits talked about he was probably the nicest guy and, and one of the best people he'd ever met in in you know show business, in the music business, sure. so to speak. They had toured a lot. I actually, actually saw Guar play with the Misfits. Um, one of the shows I went to see it was one of the greatest shows ever. And the funny thing about it was Jerry Only from The Misfits actually was sitting on the stage. This was at the uh, um, the Ritz. None I of love
3: it. Jerry. If
0: you know what club, it was, I'm drawing a blank of what club it was in in um, Manhattan, but on this side, it was the main stage. And on the side, it was a side stage where they would put the VIPs and whatnot. And the funny thing, yeah, is,
3: they do that a lot. I like they had that at Roseland.
0: That's exactly where it is, the Roseland. I'm sorry. That's yeah. yeah. Well, what happened was that night, that particular night. Um, the Ramones were there watching. They were all nice. up there, and then Jerry was essentially—I was right at the foot of the stage there, and Jerry was on the side because what happened was they actually played before Guar,
2: yeah. and Jerry
0: was talking to a lot of the fans and whatnot, being really nice to people. And then what happened was when the lights went down for Guar to come out, he said, "He said, okay, guys." He goes, "He goes, I want to watch these guys." And he was sitting there, and his wife was behind him, and they were just watching Guar getting into it, which was amazing. Sure.
3: You know, and they're, they're fans too. Yeah, Jerry's no, a sweetheart. That that whole family is very nice. You know, um and, and so, yeah, they they they're fans. They want to enjoy the show too.
0: Yeah, and like I sat said, on
3: that stage myself watching a show. <laughs> there you go. Fun.
0: So many, so many, so many bands have come out this week just talking up Guar. You know, uh, Guar and and you know, yep. and they announced because Guar has a an annual barbecue uh, in the Virginia area where fans come and they do this giant barbecue with the band and whatnot. So they barbecue
3: in costume.
0: They uh, yeah, they would actually play. They would barbecue as a place for the fans to get together and that sort of thing. It was you know I, I haven't been there, but I read it was a great time. And I guess the management of the band said it's gonna it's gonna happen this year. They're gonna keep going on with it. They're not you know they're not gonna yeah, cancel nice. the event. So it was
3: kind of like a you know a tribute type thing.
0: Yeah, and you know like um, I was in a retail store today and they were selling shamrocks for muscular dystrophy and I bought three of them today. And I signed yeah. I signed one Guar, one Odorous Urungus, and one Dave Rocky as my little tribute to. <laughs> so, yeah.
3: And I'm sure people passing by who read those little shamrocks that are hanging up on the wall, they'll be like, oh, yeah,
0: that's awesome, man. Probably not. But at least I know what I did. You know, well, some so. people will
3: appreciate it, I'm sure. You just won't ever get to talk to them about it, but they'll, they'll appreciate it. There's people out there that do.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
3: So you know, so, you know what we could do um, right now? We could play a song from GWAR. It is Lance's pick. Enjoy.
0: Welcome back, folks. The song you just heard was "Guar The Road Behind. And we are here. Uh, we're going to take a, one more quick break. And then we're going to come back with an interview with Linda masson Don't touch that dial. Stay right here. Because we'll be back with more of the Paranormal Pulse after these messages.
2: Take a deep
3: breath. And relax as we check your paranormal pulse.
2: Resistance is futile. You will be assimilated. Now back to the paranormal pulse.
0: All right, ladies and gentlemen, with me tonight is Linda Massaniptooey who is the author of True Ghost Experiences and The Other Unexplained. Welcome, Linda, and how are you tonight? Hello. How how are you doing tonight?
1: Oh, I'm fine.
0: Great, great. So this is your second book, correct? Yes. The first book was A Paranormal Photo Journey. Yes. So let's start with that book first, and then we'll move on to the current book. Okay. So that one was a... Obviously, a photographic uh, book, and and what what was that showing? Was that showing your your experiences through photos? Is, if, if I'm correct.
1: Oh uh, yes, um, that is basically what I've been doing for since I've started taking pictures, and I've been interested in the paranormal or whatever you want to call it, ghosts or anything. And those are like my experiments, kind of <laughs> those okay. pictures in there,
0: right? So now you and, uh, you first got involved with the paranormal back in two thousand eight, correct?
1: Well, things started happening to me and my family around there, around the, like the middle half, the latter two thousand eight, and uh, and after that it sort of became more and more intense as the year went by, and, and into two thousand nine. And that's why I, I really wanted to find out, you know, for, you know, get some answers as to what what's going on with us. Right? Why is it happening? Or, or is it really true, you know, is it really happening, or, so, so what that's were, how I started.
0: So what kind of events were were happening at that point?
1: Um, it actually started before my dad passed away in 2009, he, he passed away in June, and uh, he started getting really sick, like, the second half of 2008, and we didn't understand why, or he didn't know, or, I don't know exactly why, but he kept saying he didn't understand his doctors, or, you know, he just kind of kept going like that, then I would ask him, you know, or we'd tell him, you should go see another doctor, you know, get a second opinion or something, you know. And he would get all mad, and i say, no, never mind, I know what I'm doing. But that's how it started, and, uh, and I think it was all around his illness and death, I think. All the strange, like a lot of shadow people, figures, are walking around the house. I would see them with my eyes in the middle of the day. Oh, wow. <laughs> but on the outside, always, on the windows. So I was like, I'm thinking, well, maybe it's just my eyes or something, you know, like, mm-hmm. maybe I'm just tired or something. So it kind of was confusing. But I never, you know, think it was a ghost or anything. I just kind of shook it off. And then until, like, one one afternoon, my mom was at home. I came home from work, and I went in my room to change clothes or whatever. And then uh, she came running with a phone in her hand. She was, like, telling me to call 911. I said, why? You know, there's somebody trying to break into the house. I said, what? She goes, yeah, oh, look, the door handle's has uh, been turning. So I thought, well, maybe she's talking about the front door, you know, because we have, like, two front doors. Right. That's accessible to the street. And I said, you mean out there? She goes, no, back there. And we have, like, another door that goes in the backyard that nobody uses except us. And you can actually see the door not turning. You know, and on its own, you can hear it. But I'm like, what the heck? And, I'm, uh, and I was like, what? So I grabbed the phone, and I, went, I was getting ready to call police. But instead, I decided to go in another room where you had a window that you can look out and look from the outside in, see who's standing there. So I went around. There was no way there. I mean, there was, you know, the screen door was closed and everything. Oh, wow. And I huh. came running out, and I was going to tell her there's no way there. But the doorknob was still turning on its own. Wow, that's... So it was just like her eyes got big, and it kind of got tensed up. And me too, a little bit, you know. But she was closer to the door, and then suddenly she just slowly opened it. Right, I mean, and you, She just talked to whoever, whatever it was, and told them to get out or they can leave. And then she closed the door and never happened again. So,
0: okay. But, that that had to be that had to be very disconcerting, though, you know, especially since, like, you know, you, you weren't as familiar with, as you are now with it. So I'm sure that, that had to be, you know, really scary.
1: Yeah, because they both were like, ooh, you know, well, <laughs> you know, my mom was more worse than I was because I was watching all of those shows, those Hunter's. Jason and Grant, <laughs> you know, right. all the ones. I'm kind of, I guess I was a little bit used to just watching them mm-hmm. and their experiences, but, but like, to have it right in front of you, like, happen like that with but no other experiences.
0: Right. now, like, oh, I, what
1: the heck? <laughs>
0: I know, I know, In I was reading your bio, and you said that your dad was a non-believer in the paranormal.
1: Yeah, I, I think he started as a believer, I think. But then somehow, somewhere. He said he just changed and he said it's just all make-believe. If he was just making things up or he just imagining things, or he don't believe in all that. Right. Because um, after a while, nothing ever happened to it or to him or anything like that. And if it did, he just kind of blow it off like, nah, <laughs> you know.
0: Right, right.
1: But, you know, then towards the end of his life, I, I think he was hearing voices or something or, you know, savings. Because uh, when we, I finally took him to the hospital the last time, emergency doctors asked me why he, his doctor was giving him a hallucinogenic, anti-hallucinogenic drug. I said, what? He goes, He's, that's a, not the normal drug you give for people with lung disease. Like, he had to help them breathe. It's just to keep him from hallucinating. I said, why is he giving that for? Like, you know?
2: Right, something right. Is,
1: and I would watch him. He would be sitting in the kitchen watching TV. He'd be, like, turning around and, like, what? You know, like, like somebody was calling his name or something. Okay. But there's nobody there, you know. Wow. And he thought I called him. I said, no. So I'm thinking maybe that's supposed to I don't know. You know, his family members.
2: Right. I would suggest
1: maybe his family members are coming to pick him up where they're, they knew he was ready, but he didn't. So, but, you know, it's strange. And then after a while, he didn't want to stay in the house anymore. He just stayed outside. Hmm.
0: You know, in his little chair. Right, right. So now.
1: Was, you,
0: know, you were saying, you know, as as time went on, the, the experiences became much more intense, correct? I know you you were saying that you were touched by ghosts and that you had a scratch in your arm at one point.
1: Yeah, that was later on. But that was like last year.
0: Oh, okay, have, so that was recent.
1: Yeah, that wasn't in the book. That's why I didn't put it in there. But I have a picture of it, but it's like a cell phone picture, and it wasn't going to make it into the book.
2: <laughs> right, mean, right.
1: But, yeah, that one, it was last year. I was getting it from work. It was, like, normal, take a shower with, you know, all that. And then I happened to see in the mirror, I had this long scratch. It was, like, one continuous scratch, like, on my shoulder mm-hmm. down to, like, my, my elbow on one side. And on my... It actually was on my left side, I think. And then uh, it wasn't hurting or anything. It was just, like, a red mark, like a scratch. But so I thought, well, maybe I did that somewhere. You know, I don't remember hitting myself or anything. So I continued to get ready to work, and I went to work, and about... I got to work about an hour later, and then I went into the women's locker room to get my stuff, and and then that's when it started hurting. And I was like, ah, this is stinging now, you know.
2: Right. This is weird.
1: I mean, you shouldn't have done it like that. It should have been the other way. <laughs> uh, especially when I took a shower and got it wet and stuff, but that was kind of weird. And it was raised, and it was scratched and stuff.
2: Oh,
0: wow. You know,
1: about a week, and it finally went away. But
0: So now the current book, okay which let me just the current book which is true experience uh, true ghost experiences and the other unexplained uh, by when uh, the I'm sorry I keep mispronouncing it. toa okay um, it's a tough one but um that's your newest book and that's based on your experiences over the last 20 years correct yes this is this book
1: is more like uh, the story part not just pictures right so, I always don't have any pictures because like, they were like twenty years ago. I wasn't into anything like this <laughs>
2: right, right. Years,
1: this much anyway. Um,
2: and
0: I go
1: back to like, for, like there's a place called the Time Out Sports Lounge. The building is not there anymore. They, they demolished it after 9-11 because it went out of business. But there's like a sports bar lounge I worked in.
2: Okay.
1: Years and that's basically where all the stuff really started. I mean, I mean to me. That's why it only stayed at the bar. It never came home with me or anything. That's why I thought well, maybe the bar is haunted, not me, you know, or, right. you know, whatever. And that's where, you know, in the book, there's a story of there's two other cooks there that work nights, and the guy mopped the floor, and there was, like, a black single bare footprint on the floor right in the middle of the room. It's like a dry storage room. Mm-hmm. And he mopped it, went to put the mop away. He said he came back, and he saw the footprint. It was not a shoe, but it was a foot, like a bare foot, one foot. And I said, what? It was black, like someone had been walking on the outside right. street. And I didn't know because I was off. But then the next time I worked, they were telling me about it because they all got excited. And I was like, ooh, we saw this thing, you know. But, you know, he already walked over it and got rid of it. And there was no one else in the building except the two cooks and the manager. So as soon said, it was a black uh, bare footprint. And it looked like a woman because it was a small footprint. And I was like, oh no, that's, uh, that reminds me of some girl who used to come into the bar all the time. Right, right. So she came all the way down from Canada with no money and just clothes in a bag. And uh, her ex boyfriend worked there as a bartender. He had broken up, and he left Canada for a job here in, in Las Vegas. And they weren't even supposed to be together. So, telling so she just showed up one night, and he was in, I was working that night, he, he was in total shock because there she was, and I just walked, walked right in. And she wanted to get back with him. I don't know why they broke up or anything, but the the rumor was that she was on drugs and that's when he left her. I mean, you know, because she couldn't get off him. Right. So, But somehow she said she cleaned herself up and she, she's okay now and all this. And they were going together, so he decided to take her back. And they were doing that for a while. And then suddenly, I guess she went. She stayed at the hotel room they were staying. And he came to work and then he went home and found her dead. I guess she killed herself with suicide. Overdosed oh. overdose of pills. Oh, wow. And then she left this three or four-page note, like a like a, like a a book, I guess, blaming everybody in the bar. And she had names in there with the people who worked there. I blamed this person, you know, all my problems, and I blamed this bar. And it was on and on. And then they had the investigator come out and talk to the people that were named in this letter that worked there. You know, why did she name Why? What did to do with it? Right. Kind so- of thing. It was like a homicide detective
0: right so it she was a,
1: herself. so
0: I get, but, so that that's why you would think because it was a real tragedy based around the bar which is why that you think that would be her footprint correct
1: yeah well there was another thing because she never wore shoes okay she, was, she said where she's from they don't they don't care about wear shoes shes you know like a free bird kind of thing <laughs> hippie so one right. day I was out there at work and I went out to take a break on the dining room I just happened to see her sitting at the bar waiting for her boyfriend and she had her feet fucked up, and she had no shoes on, but they were black. You know, the bottoms of her feet were black from walking around the street.
0: Right, right.
1: That's why it reminded me when they said it was a black, bare footprint, like a woman's size. It was like, oh, that must be her. She must have come back and Hmm. told the story to those two guys. And and they started freaking out, like, oh, my God.
0: So now now with the book, um, again, this is your second book and the first book, A Paranormal Photo Journey. They're both available on Amazon. Uh, you can get them in the Kindle format and in the paperback uh, for both books. Yes. So, now, the thing, thing about this is, basically, this book is mostly experiences that happened to you, but you you said there are other experiences that happened to people around you, correct? Yes, because you know,
1: they you know I'm so much in these ghost
0: stories. and Right. So
1: well, this happened to me, you know, here and here and there. But there's another one that happened to work. It wasn't happened to me. I didn't know about it, but it happened to my my boss, the general manager Steve, mm-hmm. and another worker there. He wanted me to change his name. <laughs> his name in the book is called Frank. And it has, it has to do with a trash can that that got seemingly thrown, thrown very far. I went out there and it's at least over 200 feet. It was thrown. It was full of trash, they said, and it's extremely heavy. So I tried to move it, it wasn't even full. I was trying to move it. I can't even move it. with my own weight. Right. I'm like, 30. I mean, it's just solid. right there. It's one of those concrete trash cans. And the morning it happened, they said, well, Frank, he said he heard a noise. He was farther away, so he ran back to the noise to see what it was. He started looking around, and he saw the trash can. It was thrown at least 200 feet away. Wow. With the trash intact in there. It was just thrown and kind of knocked over. He didn't hear no dragon noises. He didn't see anybody. He came over right away.
2: Right, so right.
1: So he went into the office to get Steve, the boss, and I see, you know, hey, come out. look at this. You know, what happened with this? You know, They are both freaking out a little bit
2: hmm. or
1: whatever, and then they, they were totally confused. That's why my boss was saying, you uh, he still can't figure out how that happened because he walked through there to get to the door to open it because it was early in the morning before he opened. And he said he didn't notice anything. He would have noticed it because it was kind of right there. It's like, you can see it. Right. there was from where it started. So they were like, oh, my God. And then in the break, he just kept saying that whatever that that threw that has the strength to cut the wrist from a man in half or something. And then another worker heard that, and then that's how the Nell's Creature started. So now we all call it the Nell's Creature. <laughs> I mean... Whether it is a creature or not, I don't. Mean, I don't know what.
0: Right, right. It could be
1: just energy or something. And yeah. some, someone else said it sounds like a shapeshifter type of entity because they're very strong or something. They don't see them mm-hmm. or whatever. So well, I don't know.
2: Right, we, right. I don't
1: know what what that happened. What uh, happened with that one?
0: <laughs> so now, so, so now, the um, I guess. Well, uh, Someone had been uh, talking to you lately, uh, recently, and they said that your your book would be a great campfire storybook
2: with yeah, with lots of
0: spooky ghost stories. Except yeah. in this, ca- except in this case, they're true. They're they're things that actually happened. So you know, it sounds like it's going to be a great read. I'm going to look to to get it very soon. Um, unfortunately, I have some other books on the on the list of books I have to read first, but I will get to it, and I promise I'll review it on the show once we do. So now. Besides, you know, I obviously, you know, you've been interested in the paranormal for a while. Do you do any investigating at all?
1: Um, not really. I've been going to different haunted places with my brother when we had the day off. I mean, that's not really an investigation. We just take pictures and see if he can get anything himself, because he's got his own little hunting kit Okay. In his box, so he wanted to try that out. But recently I've been going to another place. It's called the Pioneer Saloon in Good Springs, Nevada. Okay. It featured on the Ghost Adventure show uh, one day, or one episode, a premiere, I think, episode.
2: Right. And then
1: after I saw that show, since I've been there before, like a year before, uh, I was interested in their lockdown event. I suddenly they had one for the public, not just the team. So I okay. said, well, let me go there. So let me try it, so it was just once. So I took my camera, and I was taking pictures, and the kind of strange, odd-looking stuff that I caught. And then I was leaving, and I caught this, this apparition. I think that's what the owner was saying. Dole, dole shekel. He
2: okay. was saying that he
1: thinks it's a full ghost apparition that I've caught in one of my pictures, and that's the cover of my first book, The Paranormal Journey. Right, oh, right. The man walking into the building. I said, "Oh, because he don't know who that is, and nobody recognizes him." I said, "Well, before I put it on my book, to make sure, you know, it's a possible apparition, I have you, have anybody identified him?" Yeah, you know this was like a year later or right. whatever. Six years, and I was writing the first one. He said, "No, nobody's has identified him." And I guess he was researching what the man is wearing. He says the only thing he can tell me was a hat looks like a miner's hat from the early 1900s when they first started making them yellow or right. something. Right. That's the only thing that kind of resembles anything. But nobody knows who he is though, so, and I don't ever see him going in there then my friend who was listening, she said she don't remember anybody either because it was, like, really late at night. They are ready to close
0: and that, the bar. You know, and that's an amazing photo. I, I've, I've seen it. It is on the cover of your first book. And that, you know, it is, that's a great, great photo. So very impressed with that one. Um,
1: you and know, then, so, so now he, because so, I took that photo, and then I was talking to him that one the lockdowns, the person that it went to. He was a, kind of interested in me and my camera or whatever.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> so he invited me to be like the official or unofficial photographer with these lockdowns. So I've been going into a lot of them. Oh, that's... One, so. and that's... And that's what's on the cover of the new book.
0: Right, and that's great because your your hobby is photography, if I'm not mistaken, correct?
1: Yes, yeah, so I like to take pictures uh, just about like landscapes or anything. Right. And I used to, my my uh, mom, she used to have a Japanese dancing group, the Kotobuki. Okay. And I used to go with her all the time and do her MC once in a while, and mainly take pictures of her group while they're dancing and stuff. That's and that's how I started photography, sort of.
0: And 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 speaking of that, you have an interesting uh, ethnic background. You're, you're American Indian and Japanese, correct? Yes. That's that's a very that's a very interesting mix. I'm um, you know a lot of tradition there. You know from both sides. Oh yes. So that's that's great. Absolutely. So now, the new book um, it just came out right what a week or two ago
1: uh, I think about
0: a week about a week okay so it's it's new it's very fresh um, like I said, I'm really looking forward to it, and I'm glad you could join me today um so now now with with this new book, I'm sure you know there's things you didn't weave that you didn't put everything into this book. I know you, you mentioned there are some other stories. So does that mean there's going to be a third book?
1: Um, Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I did make this like a volume one because I was thinking, well, if I have more any more experiences or anything, I'll probably try enough to make another one.
0: Right, right. The
1: end of the same title, and it's just volume two with a different...
0: <laughs> there you go. I mean, different
1: stories, totally different stories. Excellent. Um, so... So I don't know.
0: Well, hope hopefully it does well enough, and we'll promote it. And hopefully there'll be a reason to write a third book. Yeah, you know, maybe. So, I really appreciate you joining me today. And like I said, looking forward to getting both books. I have not had the chance to get them as of yet, but I will. I promise. And you know, we'd love to have you come back uh, again. You know, when you when you do eventually come out with that third book, because I have faith in you. You're going you're gonna to come out with a third book. So, <laughs> So, Linda, I really thank you, and and. Just want to say, again, thank you for joining us.
1: Well, thank you
0: for inviting me. All right. You have a good night now.
1: Okay, thank you. Find
3: the Paranormal Pulse Podcast on Facebook under Paranormal Pulse Podcast. It's that simple.
0: Wide awake and with coffee in hand, your hosts have returned to bring you more of this stuff. Without further ado... Welcome back to the Paranormal Pulse.
3: Welcome back to the Paranormal Pulse podcast, episode 25. I'm Chris Bruno. That's Lance Phillip over there. We were just talking about uh, Guar and Linda Massanim-Tui. Lance had a great discussion with her about her new book, and I hope you enjoyed that so far. Um, We're going to continue on with the Paranormal Pulse podcast with some interesting little bits and pieces um that we both kind of brought to the table my um quick and dirty thing that i have i saw this ad on on facebook you're there lance right i'm here yeah there he is um i saw this ad on facebook and i've been seeing these things on and off intermittently you know i'm a facebook addict and whatever anyway we all are so it's about a movie that's coming out, and I'm sure, Lance, you probably know way more about this than I do. But it just caught my eye a couple of times, and you can order your your uh, your very own copy of the two disc set. Um, it's called The American Ghost Hunter. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. And I knew you'd know a lot about this. This is uh, the executive producers, Ryan Buell and Chad uh, Kalick. For the American Ghost Hunter, a Chad Calc documentary. Um, but it looks really interesting. And I don't know enough about it other than what I've read in the ads um, that to know if it's worthy or not. They're advertising it on a website called AGH Television, American Ghost Hunter Television. Uh, and that's the website, too. So, yeah, I'll, I'll help him out a little bit. Yeah, but it looks I, really interesting.
0: It does look interesting. The thing that has stopped me was that, and it's nothing bad. It's just I haven't subscribed yet to that. channel. You can subscribe to that channel. and There's other content on there. I wanted to wait for the, like you said, the DVDs to come out. I don't want to watch it streaming. I wanted the DVDs. Mm-hmm. Um, it is interesting to me because it's Ryan Buell's next step after the TV show was uh I don't know if you want to call it canceled or he left the sh- you know the show behind. I'm not not too clear on how that actually came down. I don't know if they canceled it or if they or if he just elected to move on. There's, I can't seem to get that story straight. But either way, from what the things I've read that he spoke about and the things that Chad had spoke about, this is a real no nonsense documentary on ghost hunting and the two of them. No um, sensationalism. No made up stuff, at least according to them. I mean, like I said, I haven't seen it.
3: But But that's what makes it so fascinating. I would love to see this real and raw from somebody's perspective that's involved, that has the ability and the funding, obviously, now to show that to the world that it, you know, some of it's hokey and some of it's not.
0: Right. You know, and I I look at it as different than the original Ghost Adventures documentary, the hour and a half, or very original documentary they did. Because when, right. when Ghost Adventures did theirs, they hadn't, they didn't have a TV show yet. And there was a lot of things that they were new to the paranormal and they were doing that they wouldn't do today and you know would do differently. Well, now you have Ryan and Chad coming in after years of ghost hunting on TV and knowing the production and this, that, the other thing. And I want to see what type of documentary they produce. So yeah, I'm really interested in this. I, you know, but I haven't seen it as of yet. In fact, I, I, you're right. I've been seeing the ads a lot more lately. So I think that's because originally it was only available streaming and now you can get it on DVD, which is what I was waiting for. So
3: yeah, they just, um, you can pre-order the special edition DVD set, they, they say it has over two hours of bonus material. I know I sound like an ad myself, but that's what I'm reading. um, and it's it's just very interesting. There's a lot of content to it.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: and it, it just it was fascinating to see some of the bits and pieces. And I was like,, ooh, I would love to see that. You, i I really like the idea that they are just out there exposing what it is that they've dealt with
1: right, you know on a daily right.
3: basis throughout their career of you know being exposed to the public. It really does change things a little bit, and it's nice to have them kind of.
0: Yeah, and the other thing I'm not clear you know, unedited. About, yeah, and the other thing I'm not clear about is where this uh, at the time frame when it was filmed was this prior to Ryan's cancer or not?
3: That I don't know. That I don't know oh, either. That's what I'd. Be, I would I'd have be, to like
0: yeah, research I'd, it a little further. Yeah, I'd than like that. to see that. You know, it's really funny too is that they they were about a year ago looking for new new members for the Paranormal Research Society. Yeah. And I had thought about applying. The only thing is that it required a commitment that my work schedule just would never allow. Right. Uh, Right. They had an open uh, search for new members. Yeah. And I was I had the application I was going to apply and whatnot. And I thought it would be great. But they they require a lot. They require a huge commitment. So yeah. with that being said, it was just no way I could just no way I could do it. And I would have loved to. but no,
3: We have lives.
0: <laughs> right.
3: <laughs> you know, we're the working class. We need to be able to work nine to five every day and do what we have to do figuratively, you know. Right. Um, I just went on to the site to see how much this was out of pure curiosity. And it's like nothing. It's like including shipping and handling. It's twenty four ninety nine. Oh, that's not bad if, at all. No, that's fantastic. If you're really into this. AGH television, you can go to aghtelevision.com and they have information about not only the the AGH television network that's streaming online there and you can get pay-per-view packages and, you know, just kind of get member access to the site, but you can also purchase this interesting, it's a DVD set, I think it's two DVDs for really cheap. It's about American Ghost Hunter documentary, really interesting stuff.
2: So, so uh, a, what I've,
3: have you got, got yeah, up your sleeve saying, there I've got, got a couple Phillip. of things
0: um, There have been some celebrities in the media Over the last couple of days Who are speaking of ghostly experiences Really? And,
3: well, and it's not for that celebrity ghost No, 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 show. No, 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 no This was that just this just
0: in interviews um, On Good Morning America Ryan O'Neal was on to talk about his lawsuit What had happened was When Farrah Fawcett had passed away She had willed all her uh, artwork that she owned to, uh, I think it was the University of Texas. And what had happened was Ryan O'Neill had an an Andy Warhol painting that he had done of Farrah over his uh, bed. And when the University of Texas had found out about this, they sued him because they wanted that piece of artwork But Ryan O'Neill claimed that there were actually two of those paintings, one that he owned and one that Farah owned. And the university had already gotten the one that Farah owned. Well, it went to court and Ryan O'Neill won the court case. And the weird thing about it is when, when he won the court case, he wasn't actually in the court. He was having surgery. And he got a text message. And I guess whoever was there with him, they somehow relayed the message to him while he was on the operating table. So here he was getting operated on. He was and he was having something done around his facial area. So he was bleeding, and he was so touched by it. He's sort of crying into the blood, you know. Kind of, oh. yeah, I know, kind of gross, it, but it was a moment. Of, he said it was a very strange moment for him. But that's not mm-hmm. where this gets weird. Where this gets weird is he's on Good Morning America, and they said, you know, you know, you want to talk about this, and he said, well, it was the right time. He goes, I talk to Farah every day, and she was the one who told me go on TV and tell your story. No kidding. No kidding. How about that? And you know, and they they were I guess they were kind of looking at him like he had three heads, but he was saying, "No, he talks, she comes and visits him on a regular basis and talks to him." So, <laughs> well, I mean,
3: good for him for coming out and and saying that on national television.
0: Exactly. Uh, I'm I sure just,
3: a lot of people think that he's just a fruitcake now, but you know what? Some people are sensitive.
0: Absolutely. And I say, you know what? Get yourself a damn good EVP recorder, because I want some EVPs.
3: Especially if they're coming from Farrah Fawcett. Absolutely. <laughs> now,
0: now the, second, the second celebrity was actually two celebrities. Okay. You know, as, as I listened to the Ron and Fez show on Sirius XM Raw Dog Comedy. Funny. And, well, they, they direction of the show they've had, they're doing this thing now where they're bringing comedians every day. And today they had two heavyweights on there. They had uh, Jay Moore who we all yeah, know. Yeah, I love him. Yeah, I mean, he's an actor. He's a comedian. He is a radio host. He hosts a sport, sports talk show on Fox uh, he's radio. He's a funny guy. Oh, he's a star You know, he's been in movies like uh, Jerry Maguire and whatnot. He's had a couple of different TV uh, series and whatnot. Um, hilariously funny. He does some of the greatest impressions in the world. And he was on with the great Louis Anderson. And Nice. What he, what they were talking about is... Um, at the comedy store, Louie Anderson had warned uh, Jay Moore when he was first going to perform there, there's a ghost here. And if the mm-hmm. ghost likes you, the ghost is going to touch you while you're on stage. And, of course, okay. Jay Moore says, yeah, you know, whatever, you know, not thinking anything.
3: They're a bunch of comedians. Why would he believe them? Right. Well, <laughs>
0: he goes on stage and sure enough, he feels a cold chill like grab him. And Ew. yeah, he was talking about this on the show, which I thought was great. And he said he came off stage and told Louis, "I felt that touch you were talking about. The ghost was there," and he was very panicked. And Louis said, "Don't worry, the ghost only comes and and touches people she likes." And then I guess they were, he said, "Well, how do you know it's a female?" And apparently, what it was is that the building that it was prior, a woman had committed suicide there. Oh, interesting. Yeah, and apparently it's her ghost and it's been seen it's been seen and experienced by comedians who have gone up on stage at the comedy store. No you know. kidding. Yeah, I mean, you know, and they, they weren't joking about it. They were dead serious and it was just in normal conversation on the show. Now there is a, another gentleman.
3: hmm Oh, I just want to interject really quick. Jay Moore, by uh-huh. the way. Love him. Excellent Christopher Walken impression.
0: Yep, absolutely. Absolutely. He's so
3: good at that.
0: And the funniest thing is, him and Kevin Pollak is another one who does the fantastic walking impression.
3: Oh, love walking!
0: And Kevin Pollock has a sh- has a show called Talking Walking, and <laughs> he does the whole show in Christopher Walken's voice, which is hysterical.
3: <laughs> and Christopher Walken is so damn talented and so easygoing about that stuff. He embraces making fun of himself. He's so he's so good. What a what a great actor, dancer, singer. He's just amazing. Amazing entertainer and these guys are just incredible on in how well they nail his voice. Oh, absolutely.
0: And Jay Moore does dozens of voices, you know. Yeah, he does. One of the best ones he does too is is and one that nobody does is his impression of Eddie Vedder from Pearl Jam. So I haven't heard that. Oh, oh, it's absolutely brilliant when, when he's around you got to check him out or next next tv special he has i'll have to look now the third one celebrity well this is a semi-celebrity and this is joby ogwin who people may not know the name but you've seen his videos he's one of the guys who wears one of those flying suits those wing suits that look like oh. a flying squirrel who does all the okay. stunts well, yeah. well, he's he's also he's he's also a mountain climber, and what he's doing he's a he's um, climbing Mount Everest, and it's going to be a special that's going to be I think it's going to be on the Discovery Channel. Not I believe it's going to be on Discovery Channel, where he climbs Mount Everest, and he's going to take the wingsuit and fly down off of Mount wow. Everest. It's never been done before. Yeah, I wonder why, because it's it's crazy. Right, it's extremely dangerous. But (laughs) he was on the Opie and Anthony show this week, where he talked about how he was doing a, he was on some mountain where he's practiced this before. It's not as high, you know, not like Everest, but he was on a mountain. And he claims that him and six other people saw a Yeti. Oh, really? Yes, he claimed—and they said, well, how do you know it wasn't a bear? He said, because this thing, within just a couple of jumps, had, had basically climbed 300 feet. Wow. And he said—and they, and they were like, are you sure you weren't hallucinating? He said, no, no, no. He goes, this was witnessed not just by me, but by six, six or seven other people. I forget how many he said. He said, and it was a Yeti. It was clear as day. A Yeti. He goes, they all saw it. So, I mean, it's, it's another person coming out and talking about the Yeah, but nobody got a picture? No, and you know because they said you know the whole thing was it it took him by surprise. He said what happened was I guess a bunch of the sherpers were out there, and and I guess they're more used to seeing these type of things.
2: Okay,
0: and there was a commotion, and he went out to see what the commotion was, and he looked at what they were looking at, and he couldn't believe his eyes, you know, and it, there was no time because this thing started to move so fast that there was no time to like turn around, go in and get a camera because what they were they were at a base camp like halfway up the mountain.
2: You know, right, you right.
0: can't you can't go up the mountain all at one shot. No. So they set up base camps and yeah.
3: That's amazing all in itself what they do just for climbing that mountain and the base camps and being suspended off the side of the rock face and all kinds of other right. things. It's just incredible.
0: And the funny thing is about Everest is that we're talking about the paranormal and the dead, there are many, many dead people as you go up the mountain. There's actually a documentary on it. There are all these people who have died trying to climb and have fallen to their death. And because it's frozen, they're preserved perfectly. and they're, they, Oh, they, they, really? They, yes, they don't decay, and they've been there for years, frozen totally.
2: Well, that's kind
0: of creepy. It absolutely is. But there's a great documentary on it, and it's just all the dead bodies that are basically all around the mountain.
3: Yeah, there's a, there's a book. Uh, it's The Extreme Opposite Atmosphere, but about the Grand Canyon, where it's called Death in the Canyon. And it's about all these same kind of people who are, well, these are a little bit more neglectful. They're, uh, you know, tourists and people who are around the canyon who carelessly died in the canyon, either by stepping backward off the cliff or what have you. But there's a whole book of it. So it's kind of similar to that. Right. It has right. the whole. It's not a documentary on screen. But I'm sure they could do that if they wanted to. But the whole book is all about stuff like that. <laughs> Some of the, uh, the 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 events are just un- unbelievable. So, it, you know, you kind of preserve that same sh- macabre story.
0: Right. <laughs> just right. like they
3: do in that documentary.
0: And the very last thing I have brings us back to our friend. I've never met him, but I'd like to say he'd be a friend if I met him. Zach Baggins, he, he has <laughs> he has he has a special coming up on the Travel Channel, actually airing on his birthday, which is April fifth, and it explores the catacombs of France. Of pa- Ooh! Yes, it's, it's it's not a ghost adventure. You know, this is a a documentary that he did. So
3: this is like GHI. <laughs> yeah, kind of,
0: kind of. So I'm I'm interested to see that. So, that's, like I said, that's coming up on, on April 5th, and that'll be Zach's 36th birthday. I we know that because I have it up here.
3: 36, on. and he's so very popular. Yeah. Uh, good for him. Yeah, what, so and it's the travel channel, you said?
0: It is on the travel channel. So okay. I'm check not your lo- sure. yeah, local I'm not, listings. Yeah, I'm not sure the time it's going to be on, but yeah, that's Eric. Nah, it's going
3: to be different for everybody, so check your local listings.
0: Absolutely.
3: <laughs> Ding. Oh, I did say it. Well, that's not Dude, so you've said it a lot. <laughs> No, I haven't. I haven't. Have I? Do you want me to put dings in again? Okay, you could. No, I'm not doing that again. Mm. (laughs) Maybe. We'll see. (laughs) Fair enough. (laughs) Well, I had a great time this week. We had all those celebrity ghost sighting type deals that you were just talking about. We were just talking about on episode 25 of the Paranormal Pulse podcast. We talked to Linda.
0: Masinatui.
3: Masinatui. What an incredibly interesting name, all on its. I'm saying interesting a lot, that but it really is. That's a, right, a
0: and, great name. Yep, and this is her second book. It's true ghost experiences, and the other unexplained. It's available on Amazon. You can get it as a Kindle edition for eight dollars and fifty cents, or you can get the paperback version for fourteen dollars and thirty nine cents. Uh, one of the things cool. she one of the things she did tell me is that the paperback edition has black and white photos, and that was done to keep the cost of the book down. But if you would like to see the the photos in color, then you'd want to purchase the Kindle edition. As long as you have like a Kindle Fire or you know one of the ones capable of of, of showing color photos, and she does have her her other book out as well, which is a paranormal photo journey, which was her first book, and that's that's a photographic book, and that one's available too on uh, Kindle for eight nine. uh, I should say on Amazon for eight ninety nine Kindle edition.
3: Very cool, Linda. Thank you so much for joining us on the Paranormal Pulse podcast. We really appreciate it. And, and she's is, been one of our listeners since the, the get go, yep, and it's right. nice to have him still with us. And and such a resource, he, all all of our listeners are a resource.
2: Yep, and I,
0: you know, it's, it's like you said, she's been there since day one. I mean, supporting the show. So when she said she had books coming out, you know, a book coming out, I was like, hey, gotta have her on the show. You know, she's been there oh, supporting yeah. us, so we want to return the favor. You know. Absolutely.
3: <laughs> Ding. Um and, and you know what? If you have friends out there that you want to refer to the paranormal pulse, obviously you're listening. You found us, you know how. Tell your friends how. Tell them all about that the fact that we're on Stitcher and Blueberry and iPhone and uh Roku and Podbean and Facebook. <laughs> It's getting tiring. We're everywhere. Absolutely. Tell your friends. Make them listen because once they listen once, I know that they're going to just love hanging out with all of us every other week.
0: And speaking of hanging out with us, don't forget, <laughs> folks, you can join us at the New Jersey Para Expo, which is being presented by New Jersey. Uh, Para Unity thing? Yep, the New Jersey Para Unity Expo. Which yeah, being- that's
3: going to be fun.
0: Which is being presented by uh, New Jersey Paranormal, and that will be uh, May 31st. And you can check out the you can check out their uh, page on Facebook, which is New Jersey para Unity Expo, and yeah, get all the information. Down. There's going to be there's going to be celebrity guests. I we're going to be
3: hanging out. We're going to be hanging out with everybody on the floor, right. getting and, down, and, having and, a good time. And what's
0: going to be great about it is um, the Paris celebs are going to be on our show. We're re- we're going to be recording with them. But if you're a team and you're there, stop by because we, you know we would like to talk to other teams and get some other teams on the air with us. So. Absolutely. It would be
3: fun. That's Uh, what it's about, isn't it?
0: Oh, absolutely.
3: (laughs) Isn't that what unity is about? That's what the expo's for, for all of us to get together and just kind of compare notes, create a community, if you will, where we actually know each other face to face rather than just through online boards. Yeah, and meet
0: new friends and, and, you know, and, and... hopefully you know some long-lasting friendships a lot you know i've been to some of these events before and have made some really good friends and that sort of thing so it should be it's going to be a lot of fun i i can't wait good you times
3: know. good times
0: <laughs> all right so do you have anything else
3: today uh no i think that wraps it up for this episode it's episode 25 of the paranormal pulse podcast tell your friends get them to like us on facebook Get them to listen. You know you are here. You're listening. You know you love this show. You love being part of it every other week. Bring your friends along with you. We'd love to have them. So I am done for the week. Again, thank you for joining us. I'm Chris Bruno.
0: I'm Lance Phillip. Until we meet again, folks, good
2: night. Out of here.